Hey guys, welcome back to the week. This is your Pandola Project Monday Motivation. Today's episode, we spoke about the four P's, which are present focus, positive images, your power words, and your personal goals. And these we borrowed from Dr. Joanne Del Cotter. She is a wonderful coach, to put it mildly. Uh, well, you'll hear much more information about her in this episode as we move forward. So please enjoy what you're about to listen to, and you can always visit us at pandolatraining.com. We are on Instagram at Pandola Project if you want to see what we've been up to throughout the week. And we always welcome your comments or questions. You can email us, pandolaproject at gmail.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pendola Project with your Monday motivation. I'm your host, Matt Pendola, along with my beautiful co-host. And yeah, I can say that because she's my wife. Hello, everybody. And we're going to talk today about the four Ps. These are your present focus, your positive images, your power words, and your personal goals. And the four Ps were actually designed by Dr. Del Cotter. And uh, she was one of those people that strong influence on a lot of athletes that I was either working with or around, and I'd heard her name for several years. I finally took her course because I was really interested in improving the mental game as a coach for my athletes. Little did I know, I kind of knew at the time, that it was actually going to serve me quite a bit too. So I've actually noticed quite a bit of improvement in even just my own performances and even business strategies. So I really believe in Dr. DeCotter's work. And of course, um, as one of her coaches now, I'm going to sing her praises. Uh, she has a book called Your Performing Edge. And I highly recommend the book. It's something that I feel like will become kind of a staple for me, even though I've gone through the course, I'm going to keep using this book for sure. And we're going to talk about the four P's today, our top tips, and actually how to use these four P's because, um, you know, learning about it is one thing, actually knowing how you can use it in your life is, is another. So we're going to kind of give you the cheat sheet and our top tips for that today. Yeah, it's interesting that you think, I'm looking at the book right now, and you think, oh yeah, it's probably got to be all about related to athletics in some way, but of course, me being your wife and talking to you about this several times um, throughout you taking this course, it's become something that, you, like you said, you've been able to use in your personal training, but also business, you know, moving forward, and it's pretty pretty interesting some of the things that you've gained from this course. Yeah, talking about present focus, for example, I had to really sit down and come up with a better strategy, a better plan when it came especially to just organizing my day and figuring out what the priorities really were. So for years as a coach, I said, focus now, focus now. And absolutely, I believe in that. And when it comes to performance, really focusing on the moment and paying attention to where you are and staying in the moment is so important for performance. But I wasn't doing that as much with my business as I needed to. So having that present focus also meant having three things that I was going to really work on that day and recognize what I was doing well or what I am doing well, just as in performance, 
but then having at least, again, one thing that I could improve upon. So that was, for me, that was an important part of the process. I literally started coming up with that checklist. We put it up in my office on the board, and then actually you and I started going over those three things and what did I get done yesterday? I'm 80% done with this, but I'm going to move it across to this to this day now because I still have to work on it and that now becomes my top priority, so on and so forth. Yeah, keeping a present focus is good for many reasons, but the main thing that I think of is, you know, you have a list of a hundred things in front of you and it's pretty daunting. So trying to just stay, like you said, in, in the moment, here's what I can do right now. And then once you accomplish something, you can move on. And that just is a positive way to keep moving forward. So you don't ever feel like you're just bogged down all the time with too many things to get done. Yeah. And your your present focus is also one of those factors that can maybe be a little bit different for different people. So what I mean by that is starting off with meditation, for example, will will help some of my athletes tremendously in in helping them focus on the task at hand or what they're about to do. And I almost think of it similar to priming. If I'm going to get somebody loosened up and warmed up, that sort of uh, stretching or activation is really, really important for my athletes same thing here. You can kind of almost think of it as mental flexibility where you're getting yourself into the right zone. Yeah. Present focus or to me also having a ritual, even if it's like what you said, maybe before a race or even every morning you have a ritual of how you're going to get ready for your day or getting ready for your race so that you have that to rely upon and it does keep you in the moment. Sometimes what I do is actually start off with a gut smashing drill. So we've talked about that before. Jill Miller's uh, gut smasher. That's that's something that I do before runs. And then I may tense up my body actually as much as I possibly can, just trying to get myself super, super, super tense and then relax and let myself sort of melt into the ground. And as I do that, I'm using my breathing and really focusing on my breath. And th- that sounds a little bit like meditation, doesn't it? It's just, it's my way of meditating. And other people love to listen to their audio and uh, even have their coach, like myself, talking to them about what their power words are or what their visualization process is and get them into the moment that way. Oftentimes thinking about in a, a point in your life where you might have really accomplished something great or you had a high level of success in something that you're bringing yourself back to those moments and reminding yourself about why and how you became successful in that endeavor and that you can do it again. And so when you have something new and challenging you that's different, it's oftentimes, though, the same tools that you're going to use to be successful in in that. So reminding yourself that it's getting back to the basics, that you've actually done it before using the same principles, you can accomplish a new goal. Yeah, it's it's harder to be negative about an experience you haven't had yet when your focus is already in the positive. So like you said, if you're using an experience that you've already had Um, and it was a good one, and that's in your mind, then that kind of sets you on the right path from the beginning of, you know, that doesn't really leave a lot of room for negativity if you already have that mindset from the beginning. And I just would finish this part of 
the four P's with reminding yourself that staying in the moment is important. So focus now, that's still a big part of success to me, where when you are really engrossed in the moment that you're actually in, you can affect that moment tremendously. If you're worried about what's going to happen or what did happen, that's where your energy tends to go. And so that can be really detrimental, especially when you have a long ways to go, let's say, and you just feel completely overwhelmed. Like in the last episode, when we were talking about six days versus six weeks and in, in setting goals and then six months eventually, if you start off with six months, you're going to be overwhelmed or say one day you really think that the Olympics is in your future and you decide in six years you're going to be in the Olympics, that's a very overwhelming goal. You have to start with those first six days. And so I would even say that when you are in the moment, focusing on the simple cues that you can give yourself, what works for you, those can be mechanical cues like really focusing on how your body is moving and how you are pushing down into the ground if you're running or how you're pulling your elbows back in an arm swing you know those type of basic things will actually give you something constructive to focus on that is actually going to make a difference right now in how you perform and then what I would say is that when you're looking at, uh, let's say, business or you're looking at more of your daily lifestyle and what you're doing there, focusing now on maybe improving a, a hurtful habit, if you want to take something that you know is detrimental to your long-term goals and you want to affect that and change that in a positive way, just uh, improving one small thing at a time so it's not overwhelming, but really staying focused now and present on what's happening. So um, I guess I would just boil it down to something really as simple as if you're grabbing that bag of potato chips and you didn't plan on having that in your day that day and you're you're taking in too many calories, for example, then that's maybe something that you could plan on for the future. Focus now. So you've already eaten those potato chips. You can't change that. You can't, you can't sit there and say, okay, well, you know, my whole plan is blown now. So whatever, I'll just eat the rest of the bag. You can take a note that you had, you know, X amount of calories, but you can also make that decision to go cross potato chips off your list when you go shopping. Don't even bring it into the house in the first place. And that's how you can bring a present focus or a focus now into your daily life to make an effective change. And it wasn't that hard to do. Next time that you're looking for something that's maybe a little bit uh, salty or, or that's what you're kind of going for, you might grab something healthier. You might get some almonds and even have a, a little bit of sea salt on them or something like that, or say some popcorn, but you don't have the potato chips laying around to grab in the first place. That's going to help you. And then even to take it maybe one step further, but when you do decide that, hey, I still want to eat potato chips, fine, you get a single serve and you get that small bag and you eat that and you don't bring it home or you bring that one bag home and you save it. When you eat it, it's done, it's gone, and you move on, but you don't get the family size bag. Yeah, that works well for me when it comes to uh, Jelly Bellies. 
<laughs> I ne- well, one time bought the Costco sized jelly bellies and I never did that to myself again because that I was yeah that was a big mistake <laughs> so with present focus I think we've given some good examples there and we can move on now to positive images with positive images it's always very very much individualized but what dr Ducotter says is visualize to energize that's uh, one of her cues or one of her main tips that i really like in other words i'll give an example when i was running this morning and i'm hitting the mountains and i'm just trying to hit some pretty technical terrain and um, i was actually in a pretty good rhythm thinking to myself that if I think too much about the next step or the next 10 steps on this terrain, chances are I'm going to, uh, you know, to find a route and to trip and to eat it, right? So instead, what I thought of is a hummingbird. And I was visualizing those, you know, the hummingbird wings where they're just going so fast you can't. Well, fast feet is is kind of a good trick when you're running downhill on technical terrain, especially. And so that's something that has always been sort of hard for me. I've I've always gulp ground more when I when I run, so I don't have very high revolutions normally. And and so just thinking about that hummingbird uh, helps, I think, for me to get those faster feet. Um, in my mind the wings of the hummingbird were my arms and my arm swing and my carriage. And um, when when you learn a little bit more about how that affects things, your arm carriage does actually affect what your feet are doing. So your feet start to match that rhythm. And that happens a little bit more automatically. So I took something that I don't automatically do very well. I visualized that hummingbird and I uh, used my arm swing, which actually feels a little easier for me to do. And my feet started matching it. And uh, the, my assistant, Billy, who he'll be on the podcast again shortly talking about fat adaption, he mentioned to me, um, geez, you know, coach, you're, you, you could really tell your, your RPMs really picked up there and you just started taking off. And I said, you know, what's funny is it wasn't any harder for me. My, uh, it wasn't harder on my uh, – you know, my heart rate stayed about the same. My breathing stayed the same. I just changed the way I was thinking about it. And that gave me the performance edge I needed there. Positive images. This is one of the the points here that I have actually used because this whole mental athlete thing is fairly uh, new to me. But the positive images, I um, I believe it was my coach that we've talked about before, Kelly Parati, that owns CMA here in Reno. And you know, you learn a lot of new techniques in martial arts, obviously. And there was always the back kick for me was just so messy and I missed the target a lot. And it was just so frustrating. And that was one of the things that I, she and I talked a lot about. She's like, just visualize yourself. I mean, even if you have to do it a thousand times over and over and over doing that perfect, you know, back kick. And that probably made the biggest difference. I mean, obviously the physical side of practicing that, but tying it in with me instead of, you know, always thinking like, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss, you know, switching that around and seeing myself actually executing this perfect back kick. And so I think the positive images for me have been one of the most helpful. A lot of athletes that I've worked with over the years struggle with images because I think that in part, if you uh, don't take the time to sort of adapt and, and do the visualization and part of your purposeful practice and part of your daily routine, which I actually 
strongly suggest even doing that at night before you go to bed. One of the best last things you can do before you uh, fall asleep. And uh, that's actually been shown to be very, very helpful in, in sort of letting it soak in, if you will. And um, those positive images can be a, a wide variety of things, what inspires you, what gives you, I guess you would say, hope or inspiration, motivation. But I also think that even if you're, say, looking at another athlete that you that you respect and, and you want to sort of emulate what that athlete is doing and you're following that person, say, on YouTube, you know, one of the, one of the key things that I learned um, at the Athletes Performance Institute, when I went there for mindset, they had talked a lot about just um, having your athletes get on YouTube. Back then, it was a little bit newer, and that was actually kind of a revolutionary thing where they're talking about, hey, there's this YouTube thing. That's I'm, I'm dating myself again. But um, the, the, the athletes would uh, watch these videos of uh, other athletes and not trying to become them, but just kind of putting that visualization, here's this athlete running this way, and uh, or say, you know, putting themselves through these motions or these uh, techniques. And that's something that I'm going to visualize myself doing. And uh, it just reminds me of uh, Scott Tinley, who's, you know, he's a, he won several world championship Ironman titles. And the one that he was most proud of, he said that uh, he didn't even win, by the way, he came in fifth, that, but he was having a horrible day up until the run. And then he visualized himself just running smoothly. And even though he said uh, my form looked horrible, I was visualizing that smooth running, and then it actually started happening. My my gait started smoothing out, and I started getting into a rhythm. And then he went from 28th place to 5th place that day. So, you know, especially at that level, incredible performance. So just um, not necessarily pitting yourself against somebody else in in that way, but just putting yourself in a positive way into into that visualization and those experiences. So um, we'll move to power words now. What kind of power words do we like to tell ourselves? And I will say that fake it till you make it is, um, I used to preach that a little bit more, but I feel like when you don't really believe something is necessarily true about yourself, it's, it, it won't it won't help you as much as I think we originally thought it would, or maybe some people it would, but I think a lot of people don't necessarily buy into it, and so it doesn't really work. So there's some tricks to this to me, and if you're, say, trying to get stronger, and there's another um, athlete that's maybe stronger than you are, and you know they're stronger than you are, You could think to yourself, I'm getting stronger. So you add the ING. Or if you're comparing you to you, and maybe you went through an injury and you used to be faster or used to be, you could say, I'm getting faster. And so you're telling the truth. You're in a process to success that's leading to better results, but you're also not putting yourself up for failure where you're comparing yourself even to a former self that was more fit at that time. You'll get there. You're getting there. I have to admit, I always feel silly about this subject because 
I don't know if this is even the same thing really, but where you would, I kind of like your affirmations, you know, and in the morning looking in the mirror and saying to yourself these affirmations. And I just never got on board with that because I just always felt so silly looking at myself in the mirror saying these things. But I know another way that works for people, not saying it out loud, but writing it on something, writing it on a piece of paper, or putting it on your mirror or you know, somewhere if you have work and you open up a folder and it's right there or if it's in your learning log, something. So I don't know if that's an acceptable alternative if someone feels like they can't actually, you know, speak these words because they feel silly, but seeing it, those words written down is enough for them to to get benefit from that. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I'm glad you, you mentioned the learning log or, or documenting. Again, if I... If I had one thing that I wish all my athletes would do and they don't all do it, it would be documenting daily. And and it doesn't have to take a long time. And it's certainly not something that um, I, I think it's very individual and it's not something that is just set in stone. So documenting for a minute on one day or a couple minutes and then another day when you just feel inspired and you feel like you really learned a lot about yourself that day, you might sit down for an hour and just write because you want to. And so I think that that process in itself seems so intimidating or just demanding on your time and things like that, but just make it work for you. And when you're writing down your story, you start to understand your power words. There's a lot of things that keep coming up in your story. And that's what I mean by, I could say to an athlete, in control, ready to roll is one of my favorite affirmations. But another athlete might appreciate that I'm saying that as they're going running by, right? And I say, in control, ready to roll. And they, they understand that means that they're in control of their form, they're breathing, and they're rolling along, they're running really well. And that might help them, but it's almost more just motivation at that time until they start to make it work for them and start to realize why that is good for for them to think that way. And then they might come up with a completely different affirmation. It might just be that uh, initial affirmation that they take from me until they find their own. Yeah, I've been having people... I guess not so much power words, but the documenting thing, and maybe they would find their power words that way. But with the online programming, you know, you don't have that same contact with people where you can have a conversation in person when they come into the gym and say, so how did you feel after last session? Um, What do you like? What do you not like? All these things. So I ask people now, since it's all online, to while they're at home and they do their program for the day, yeah, just make a few couple notes. Like, what did you like or not like about this session? What were some things you would like to add to this? Um, Were there things that just didn't feel good for your body? So I guess maybe through that they could find some some different affirmations they would like as well. But yeah, having just something to refer back to is very helpful. Yeah, and when it comes to power words, I think there's a B side to this, which is the words that you can say as a team or as a unit. Um, So when you're in martial arts and, and you're working with other athletes, you guys say encouraging things to each other that just it's universal and it really does help. <clears throat> Over the years, I developed more of what I would say, yeah, man, which, you know, if you've been around me for any period of time, you know that that's just a motivational thing that um, it's it's really not fleeting, though, because 
when my team says that again and again and again to each other, and I initially was just you know, always saying it to the point where my athletes would start saying it too. And then we get to a meet and get on the start line and you can tell that, you know, people are nervous and they, and then we say, okay, you know, you have their teammates say, remember, you're just excited about this just means you care. Yeah, man. And that, yeah, man would just uh, bring them back to the training. Like, oh yeah, we always say, yeah, man in training. And that was the purpose of it to remind you, like I've done the work. I can trust my training. I'm ready for this. Yeah, man. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, trusting your training. I think if I were to pick one for me, um, that would be it for me. Trust trust your training. I do trust my training. I trust that I've done the work. So when it comes time to actually put that work to performance, I, I think I could use that one right there. Yeah, and mine personally has been easy, no problem. I just, I've always just told myself that in the hardest times. And I'm sure I talk about doing an ultra I, I really don't know that I can finish it. That's the, the truth. And I, I mean, I finished a 50 miler. So I'm talking about a hundred mile race or a hundred K race. Um, I'm into new territory that I've never done before. And sure. I, I believe I can finish it, but the truth is I don't know. And so when I get out there, I'm sure there's going to be times where I have to revert back to the very, very basics to get through it. And I think that that's when I have to tell myself, easy, no problem. Even when I'm just climbing up a 15 degree, you know, slope and, and trying to manage my way through rocks and snow and, uh, in the middle of the night without being able to barely see anything. And you just have to tell yourself, this is easy, no problem. I've done harder. I've done more. Or, uh, even embracing the fact that maybe this is the new hard. This is the, the new thing that is going to make everything else in your life become easier. And so that in itself is motivating when I've been in those situations where I know I've never been in that pain cave like I am now. This is a new pain cave that's actually can be exciting for you if you embrace it and realize, wow, like this, after I get through this, it's just everything else is going to seem so much easier to me. And that's a good thing. And that kind of leads into the last one, the the personal goals, because that's what you're talking about there is a a personal goal for you, and it's a pretty pretty big one. Yeah, yeah. Personal goals. I think again, it's in the it's in the name, right? It should be personal. So the the thing, at least, I want to point out here is that I oftentimes, as a coach, realize that the person talking to me about their goals, talking to me about somebody else's goals. I mean, how many times have you heard that as a coach? Yes, um, I I believe I have. Whether it's from a, a parent you know, a child telling me their goal, but you know, they don't know yet. <laughs> They're just saying what their, what their parents think their goal should be, or yeah, somebody that is doing something that their friend is doing. So they want that to become their, their goal. So that it sounds easy. Okay. What's your goal? But in a lot of cases, you may not even really have a very clear idea of what that is right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, you know, simple things like hearing people say, I'll never be that you know, dot, dot, dot. I mean, I, I won't, I, I'm, I'm not that fast or I'm not that strong or I'm not that. And I think to myself, wait a minute, when you first found your why and you first discovered what was important to you and what you loved doing, did you worry about those things then? No. Right. But now you saw somebody who's strong or fast or smart or you know, just somehow you feel like it's more capable in you. And all of a sudden, I think that 
the goals that you have are about trying to keep up with them and you've lost your way you've lost your why and i think that you have to get back to what is actually personal about this goal to you and focus on that because when you focus on the personal goal i think the rest of it comes and i can tell you just in that scenario i was never and am never the fastest guy i am not the strongest guy i mean you know my entire life as a strength coach and i've been lifting consistently for 20 years or more at this point actually much more unfortunately because i'm getting old (laughs) Uh, but I'm not that I'm not that strong compared to st- strong guys. I mean, you know, they're, I'm embarrassed to say what some of my numbers would be compared to theirs. But then I have to remind, wait a minute, you know, that that guy is is really strong, and I respect that. And I do want to. I am getting stronger, right? And I do want to be strong relatively for my goal, but. Even when it comes to being fast, like, okay, I'm not trying to beat Usain Bolt. I'm not trying to run a sub four minute mile. What am I trying to do here? I'm trying to use, I would need to be strong enough both mentally and physically and use the attributes I have, but mainly and most importantly, use my love and passion of the sport I'm doing or the business I'm in or the steps I'm taking if I care about it. If it's something that's important to me, if it's a if it's important enough to be a personal goal, then I've found my way and I'm heading the right way and I don't need to worry about what others are doing. That is one thing with our daughter Mia that I try to I mean, again, she's only eight, so this is perfectly natural that she's comparing herself to other kids and you know, always asking questions like, Well, do you think I'll be that fast one day? Do you think I'll be that strong? And I, I always try to tell her the same bottom line is you need you are you you need to worry about what you are doing and you don't need to compare yourself to what these other people are doing because like Matt said you don't know what their background is you don't know you know what they've been doing their whole lives to prepare for that moment so just try to yeah it's it's, sometimes it's easier said than done but keep it to you and compare yourself to yourself that's right and when it comes to personal goals I think that it, you also can remember the other P's because a lot of the four P's are supposed to work together. So, for example, when I talk about an athlete having present focus, they can take that focus now attitude during a race, then use that positive image and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to imagine that I'm a magnet and I'm just getting pulled along with the other magnets in this race, the other competitors. And yeah, they're fast. I'm getting faster, but they're just like me. Another term that Dr. Lucotter talks about a lot is just like me. No matter no matter the scenario, you remember they're human too. They have insecurities too. They're fearful of, you know, not accomplishing their goal too. They they might be just as afraid of you as you are of them or as supportive of you uh, as you are of them or as much, you know, as you admire what some other people have done. They may be feeling the same way about you. So, again, you know, just like me and then taking that power word and saying, OK, I'm, I'm getting pulled along like a magnet. Then I'm going to just start to suffer a little bit. I'm in that pain cave and I think easy, no problem. 
and then why? Why am I doing this? What legacy am I trying to live right now? Why do I love it? That is my personal goal is to remind myself I chose this because I love it or I, that's why I should have chosen this goal not to be like somebody else but be the best version of me that I can be. So that's how I would tie all that in together. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and visit us on our website, pandolatraining.com, and I'll put in the show notes uh, Dr. Joanne Cotter's uh, the name of her book and a link to where you can check out some more resources from her if you're interested in finding out more about that. Yeah, man. PECI is the course I took in case anybody is interested in checking that out. And uh, I do strongly recommend it. I don't have any affiliations. We don't have any sponsors that really um, give us any sort of um, uh, monetization or anything like that. This is all just because I believe in the uh, coaches around me, the systems, a, a product if I like it, like I've mentioned before about for example, my nutrition or my running uh, shoes that I buy from, you know, Reno Running Company, whatever those things are, it's because I believe that they're good people providing good services. So, uh, you know, definitely check it out if you're interested. It's uh, it's 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 just for for you and good information. I hope so. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we will see you next time. Thank you. 